You know, I look at different words over history and words can sort of begin to lose their meaning. But there's one word I believe that still is so strong. It is this word, grace. When you hear it, it just brings peace to your soul. Because we love when people extend grace to us. We love to live in grace. And I believe that God has grace available to all of us. Because you know what? We all mess up and we all do stupid things. Can I have a witness in the house? Yeah. We all mess up. We all get it wrong. We all do stupid things. And sometimes stupid things start off by us saying this. Hey, check this out. And you go and do something that is going to be pretty dangerous and make a fool of yourself. Or That's all we're going to be careful what we say. We're not setting ourselves up to make ourselves look stupid, but setting ourselves up for a win. But I've got a story about how I've messed up. I've only messed up once in my life. And uh, my wife knows that's true. Is that right? She'll back me up. But no, I, I, I do stupid things all the time. I go for the West Tigers. Anyway. <clears throat> but on... Uh, Easter Monday. We had a great Easter, by the way. If you didn't hear, if you weren't here because of whatever reason, we missed you. But Easter's just a great time to get together. We saw so many baptisms, so many people come to church, and uh, you know, but I believe our best days are still yet ahead of us. Amen. Amen. But Easter Monday, my kids on the public holiday said, "Can we have a fire?" And you know, fire's fun. Like a kid that's grown up in Australia, like you like playing with fire. I think you do anyway. Maybe it's just me. But anyway, but my kids wanted to have, like, light a fire in the backyard. We know that it's been raining for a long time in Sydney. I think it's rained every day for the last whatever it is. Anyway, but today looks nice. Uh, and so the, the wood was a bit wet, and this fire was so hard to start. I'm there trying all my Royal Ranger skills. I'm there trying to do, do everything that I've ever watched to get this fire started. And it just wouldn't start. And so I remembered... And I thought, how can I get this fire started? What's the, 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 uh, the fail-proof way to start a fire? And we all know what it is, petrol. Most flammable thing, and uh, it, it takes off really quick. So I thought, I've got to put petrol on this fire so I can get it started. Now, uh, I looked, and I looked in the jerry can. There was no petrol left in the jerry can. Uh, and then I saw my whippersnipper sitting there, and it had fuel in it. Now, backstory to my whip, I've always had cheap, terrible whippersnippers, and I've always wanted a steel whippersnipper. I've heard they're really good. So at Christmas time, I bought myself a steel, for Christmas, whippersnipper. All right? And so I've only used it twice, and it's sitting there, and I'm going, you know what? I could pour this petrol on the fire quick enough. I'll be quicker than what fire can travel with petrol, because I'm that quick. I've got ninja skills. I'm a dad. Like, tell you what. And so... I've got my whip, so I've taken the lid off, and it's got a little bit of a fire, but it hasn't, it hasn't really grabbed hold yet. And so I've tipped my whippersnipper petrol on to this fire, and it went kaboom, and I've tried to lift it up, but the handle on my whippersnipper keeps spinning. So I couldn't actually lift it back up, and the petrol went into the whippersnipper, and my whippersnipper went kaboos as well. And I'm like thinking... How do I get this out? And I thought, well, maybe I can wave it around. So I started waving this whippersnipper around. The petrol's flown everywhere. Half the backyard is on fire. The kids think it's hilarious. And they're like ready to take their shirts off and do a fire dance. But it, it, was, it was crazy. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm freaking out, my whippersnipper. And then I think, stop, drop, and roll. So I drop the whippersnipper. I'm rolling it. And all it's doing is just spreading 
the petrol further and further. Everything's catching on fire. And then my wise wife comes out with a blanket and she puts it over it and the fire goes out. Now, I messed up when I did that. I shouldn't have done that. My beautiful whippersnipper, it's, it's no more. It's, it's, uh, it's in the shop and by God's grace, he will repair it and it will come back. And, and hopefully they won't charge me because uh, it wasn't my fault. It just caught on fire. No, <laughs> I took blame, all right? All right, just so you know. I'm a pastor. I can't lie. Anyway, but I messed up and uh, it, it wasn't good. And I think when we look at all of our lives, obviously that's a funny story, but there's times in our life where we all mess up, we all get it wrong, and we're all in need of God's grace in our life. Now, there's a man by the name of John Newton who was born in 1725. And we know that this is the man that wrote this amazing hymn, Amazing Grace. See, he was somebody that understood the power of God's grace. He was somebody who, in his early days, was just a menace to society. He would lose his jobs because of um, misbehavior and uh, at one point, one of his captains on the ship that he was working on had to discipline him, him in such a way that they, they had to iron him up and, uh, or put iron cuffs on and they flogged him because he was behaving so badly and he was somebody that was in desperate need of God's grace to turn his life around. And one day he was on a, on a, on a slave ship. He was working on a slave ship or a captain of a, sl- a slave ship and they, they hit a storm. And this storm caused him to wake up and he realized that the way that he was living was not right and he put his faith in Jesus Christ from this trial, from this storm that took place. And then he began to live his life following Jesus Christ, did great things for God, wrote more than one hymn, wrote many hymns, but Amazing Grace is his most famous one. But when you hear this story, you're sort of like going, how powerful, what, God, what, 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 what power the grace of God can do in somebody's life. Somebody that was, had it so messed up, but God, through a certain storm, encountered his life and turned his, around, turned his life around for the better. You know, we all have storm experiences in our life, don't we? We've had those things where we thought we were getting it right, we thought we are doing life okay, and then we hit that storm and we realize that we need God. And, uh, and I just pray that if there's people here today, that if you're away from God, that as we come to the end of this message that you would put your faith in Jesus and experience his grace in your life. So John Newton was somebody that through the storm put his life or trusted his life to Jesus. Let me just read quickly the first verse of Amazing Grace. I'll sing it, but I know that you'd probably walk out if you heard my amazing voice. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind but now I see, was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did the grace appear the hour I first believed. Man, what powerful words. And when you understand how grace turned his life around, it's a great testimony to us on what God can do in our life. But you know what, I see today that there's three groups of people in this place. There's those that understand the grace of God, how amazing it is, and you're living in that. There's other people here that you're yet to discover how amazing God's grace is. And then there's a third group of people. There's people that once knew how amazing God's grace was, but as you've walked with Jesus, you've gone from grace to thinking it's about works. 
And let us pray to that you'd get a fresh revelation of the grace of God in your life. It's not by works. It's a free gift. The enemy wants you to think that you need to earn things from God. But that's a lie from the enemy. God has given to us freely. This grace that we have. This grace that brings forgiveness. This grace that gives us right standing with God. And this grace that enables us to live the life that he's called us to do. It's a free gift from God. Now Ephesians 2. It's, it's a, a great chapter of the Bible around grace. And we're going to go through this chapter, just pull out three points, just to help us to become more aware of how amazing God's grace is. And I know that if you can get hold of this, if you can allow the Holy Spirit to give you a fresh revelation of grace, the freedom that brings into your life, I tell you what, will absolutely blow your mind. But Ephesians 2, the three points we're going to pull out is this. You were but God by grace you were but God by grace and if you can truly understand the power of these three things in your life and not let them depart from your heart then I tell you what you will truly stay in the amazing wonder of how good God's grace is for your life you were Ephesians 2 verse 1 says this once you were dead because of your disobedience and and your many sins you were once dead in your sins do you understand that that we once were dead to God we had no spiritual enlightenment no no, we hadn't been born again we hadn't have the resurrection power of God in our life we were dead in our sins and when we read through scripture we see that sin came in through one person Adam Adam and Eve back in the garden they disobeyed God and sin came into the world so when we're born today we're born with a sinful nature like we don't have to teach people how to sin. We're good at it naturally. But we needed a saviour. So God sent Jesus by his grace to pay the price for our sins once and for all. We are saved uh, uh, by grace through faith. Through believing in God, we experience his grace that brings forgiveness into our lives so that we can have right standing, right relationship with God again. So once you were dead in your sins, we all were. Ephesians 2 verse 3 says, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everybody else. So we were once separated from God. Our sins separated us from him. Now, I know that in the world that we live in today, we categorize sin, some sins worse than others. But what you've got to understand is, is that God sees sin as sin, and sin separates us from God. And he paid the price for all of it. I know that here on earth there's different consequences to different sins, but you know what? God doesn't want you to live in sin. He wants you to live uh, forgiven and free, living as a child of God, not a slave to sin. See, we, we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. I know that sometimes we think we're not as bad as the person beside us or what other people are doing. But Romans 3.23 says this, For everybody has sinned. For everybody has sinned. That means everybody, if you didn't know. We all fall short of God's glorious standards. Our human sinful nature, we've all sinned, every single one of us, and we fall short of God's glorious standards. That's why we're in need of God's grace. I'm not bad. I'm not a bad person. Now, let's just have a little bit of fun right now, okay? Who here, 
I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, has ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Up high. high. Now look around to those people that haven't got their hands up right now, and we know that they're liars right now as well. We, we know that. Because everybody has lied, either to not offend or to get out of trouble, whatever it may be, we've all stretched the truth. Like when your spouse asked you, does she look big in that? You said, I refuse to comment. I don't know. You didn't say that at all. Big is in the eye of the beholder, so you can say whatever you want, whatever it may be. Big compared to who? Anyway, anyway. So we've all lied. All right, now, now let me ask us one more question. Who here has ever stolen something? Don't put your hand up because it could be someone here. To put. I stole my wife's heart many years ago, so I'm guilty. I'm guilty of, of, of stealing. And, uh, but you know what? We just look at that. It's funny. Like, who, who's stolen? Yeah, who, who's lied? Well, that means that you're a lying thief. It sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? We, we think we're good, but according to whose standards? According to God, we've all sinned, fallen short of his standards. Sin came in through one person, Adam, being paid through one, Jesus. But there's good news. And the good news is found in Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus came to seek and save those that are lost, those that were away from God, those that were dead in their sins, Jesus came to seek and to save us. That's good news today. If you're living in sin, if you're living away from God, there's a God, there's Jesus that's seeking and searching for you, that wants you to understand there's grace that's available to you. If you will just believe, you can experience that in your life. Amazing grace. So you were but God. Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5. But God. I love that, but God. Just turn to the person beside you and say, but God. Is so rich in mercy and he loves us, and he loved us so much that even though we, we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that we have been saved. Man, this is, this is messing with people's minds right now because everything in this world tells us that we need to earn certain things. And God's saying, you don't need to earn this. I've made this freely available to you if you believe. But God, who is rich in mercy, you were, but we have a merciful God who can't help but help us. You were, but God. I love the but God experiences that we come across in life. I was lost, but God. I was blind, but God. I had no hope, but God. I was dead in my sins, but God. See, we've got to understand that the but God is so powerful. You were but God. See, the Apostle Paul, the, the Apostle of Grace, the person who wrote this part of Scripture, he wasn't talking out of theology. He was talking out of his experience. Because we know that his name was Saul. Acts 9 was about the conversion of Saul to Paul. And we see that he was somebody that hated Christians. He hated people that followed Jesus. He, did, he was thinking and he was doing whatever he could to wipe Christians off the planet. 
And he was on the road to Damascus and he had a but God experience. God showed up, knocked him to the ground and said, why are you persecuting me? He gets up and he can't see. He's blind. He goes into the town. Ananias is there. He prays for him. His sight is restored. And Ananias speaks faith and hope over his life. He was somebody that was once blind in his sin, in his ignorance, but he encountered God and he got to live out the grace in his life. You just think about the person that wrote most of the New Testament, what his story was, but where he ended. Where he started from, where he ended, changed because he had a but God experience. John Newton that wrote Amazing Grace, where he started and where he ended, changed because he had a but God experience in the midst of a storm. Don't hide from the but gods in your life. But God showed up. He was blind, but now he can see. You were, but God, by grace. By grace. Man, this revelation of grace, if you can get hold of this, the freedom it brings. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed. He saved you by his grace when you believed. Some people think he saved me by his grace when I worked, but that's not what it is. And we'll get to that in just a moment. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you have done. So none of us can boast about it. That's in your Bible, my Bible. Why do we start to live our life like we have to earn God's grace and God's favor? Man, God does his work from the inside out. His grace comes into our life and his grace changes us from wanting to live a life following the sinful nature to living a life followed by the Spirit of God. See, grace is the unmerited. Listen, grace is the unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness and favor of God. Let that sink in. God's grace is unmerited undeserved, unearned kindness and favor of God. It blows our mind because that's not how this world works. The world works, if I act a certain way, I will receive something. Here it's saying, if I put my faith in Christ, I will receive grace. And his grace will will cause an effect in my life, will cause change in my life. There'll be fruit that comes out of my life if I've received the grace of God. Not the other way around. Well, I've got the right fruit, then I can experience the grace. No, the grace comes, then the fruit comes. So unmerited, undeserved, unearned. Let's talk about these three things just to help us understand today. Unmerited means that you can't take credit for it, which means that you can't boast about how righteous and how good of a Christian you are. Have you seen those people? They come with the extra large Bible under their arm. Because they've got a big Bible, they're extra religious or extra spiritual. The ones that I've been in church for 20 years. Have you really been in church for 20 years or have you just attended church for 20 years? Anyway, talking about grace today. Oh, how come? I deserve this. They don't deserve that. My sin's not as bad as their sin. Sin is sin. See, there's no boasting in heaven. 
Boasting here on earth, but no boasting in heaven. If we can boast in anything right now, it should be boasting in the amazing grace of God. Like, oh, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor's kid. I've grown up in church my whole life. I've, I've served God. I deserve to, to do what I'm doing. I don't deserve anything. It's by the grace of God. Come, It's by the grace of God that he anoints, that he calls, that he leads us on. Never slip into thinking that I deserve. It's an entitlement spirit. It's only by the grace of God. So who remembers at school used to have things called, they probably still have it, had merit awards. Where if you acted a certain way, you got an award. A few, a few months ago, I was in my office in Wagga and I was going through my drawer and I've got a folder of old merit certificates and photos and things that I just keep and building up over the years. And I was reading through some of those merit awards and uh, there wasn't many, uh, but <laughs> there was some there. And I was a kid that, as you probably know, I was a bit naughty, I mucked up. I, pretty, I was good at getting everything wrong. That's what I, my gifting was. And um, I was reading through one of these merit certificates and it said, um, Brennan receives this merit certificate because he lined up so well. Man, they must have been desperate to think of things to encourage me with. He lines up so well. But you know what? I must have earned it and I deserve that credit. Amen. But, but when it comes to the grace of God, we don't earn it. It's, it's, it's not merited. It's, it's unmerited. It's undeserved. What does it say in Romans 3, 24? Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sights freely undeserved freely he did this through christ jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins it's unmerited we can't boast it's undeserved it's been freely given and it's unearned it's unearned and i think we've got a Allow the amazing grace of God to change us from earning it to receiving it and allowing it to change us. God's not into behavior modification. He's into heart transformation. He doesn't want you just to act right. He wants to do a work in your heart by His grace that changes the work of your hand. Romans 11.6 And since it is through God's kindness that it is not by their good works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it is, really is free and undeserved. Now, I, I want to describe a picture about how some people think grace works. And this picture I'm going to tell you right now, it's completely wrong. Some people think we're all in a river and the current is going towards hell. We're in a boat and that boat is drifting towards hell. But then God gives us oars and we can begin to row so that we don't go to hell. We can look at that picture and go, well, it sounds good. But you know why it's wrong? Because it's based on works. If I keep rowing, I'm not going to go to hell. If I keep working, if I keep doing this, well, then God's favor will be upon me. We've read that God's grace, it's unmerited, undeserved, unearned, His kindness and favour. It's not about us rowing. He is rowing for us. It's about us believing and receiving. And as we keep believing and putting our faith in Christ, He keeps rowing for us. He's the one that pays the price. He's the one that we can boast in, in Jesus' name. You were, but God 
by grace. Come on. You were but God by grace. Let's never, ever slip into becoming a judgmental church or a legalistic church that thinks it's about our works. No, it's about the grace of God that is freely given to each and every single person. Read your Bible. It's in there. I want to end with this one story in Scripture. In John 8, it's about a woman caught in the act of adultery. And Jesus was teaching to the religious leaders and the Pharisees and Obviously, they're always trying to trip him up. And they brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And they've said, in the law, it says that she should be stoned. She should be put to death. What do you say? Talking to Jesus. Now, Jesus knew it was a trap. So he was a bit smarter. He was always one step ahead or probably 10 steps ahead. But what you got to understand, first of all, stoning was a consequence of a sin. You had to be put to death. And it wasn't in a way that, you know, it it wasn't quick. It was something that took a long time. And sin sometimes doesn't kill you straight away. It takes a bit of time and, and makes your life worse. But they would start to get big rocks and they would throw it upon them. Their legs would be broken. It could take a long time before they died. It wasn't a good way to die. And the law said that a sinner like this deserved to die that way. But God, when, he, when Jesus, when he heard this, he gets down and he begins to write in the dust. Didn't even fall into their trap. They're getting annoyed and they're like, what's your answer? He stands up. And he says, well, whoever has not sinned, let them throw the first stone. Then he stoops back down again and he keeps riding in the sand. And as he's riding in the sand, all the dust, from the oldest to the youngest, all the accusers walk away. One by one till there's nobody left there. And then Jesus goes to this woman. Where are are those that were... were, um, accusing you? And, And where are those that were trying to condemn you? Is there any of them here? And he goes, well, well, no, sir. And then Jesus says to this woman, neither do I, go and sin no more. The only person that could have condemned her because he had not sinned, chose to offer grace. She was dead in her sin, but Jesus stooped down. Oh man, the power of you can understand that. You were once in your, lost in our sin, but Jesus stooped down to us, to our level. And you know what I like when he's writing in the sand? Some people say that he was writing the sins of all those people that were accusing, accusing Aaron. So they'd seen that, yeah, they're just as bad. They walk away. And then Jesus gets up and extends grace and says, go and sin no more. Once dead, you were but God by grace. Come, we were really adulterous women. We're the one that messes it up. But God by grace. He's making us away. Go and sin no more. Allow the grace of God to transform you into His likeness in Jesus' name. Can we all stand for a few moments? Can I tell you something? When I was writing this message, I just had tears as I was just being reminded once again of how amazing God's grace is. You can get so caught up in trying to earn and trying to work because you know what? That's how people offer us grace. If we act a certain way, they'll be gracious to us. But God, didn't matter how we're acting, while we're still sinners, while we're still far away, He came and gave His life for us. So I think as we leave today, 
as we go and live our lives, let's be people that live in the amazing grace of God. And let's tell people about the amazing grace of God. Not just by our words, but by our actions.